Blog Talk Radio.
Father God, I thank you for another opportunity, God, to sit before your people to tell them what thus says the Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for giving me the spirit to bring forth this message the way that you gave it to me, God, so that your name may give the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the living fire, everybody. I am your humble host, Providence Daisy. Thank you for taking the time to join me on tonight. I pray that the word of the Lord will be a blessing unto you. Let's get right into it for tonight. The foundational text comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 20. That's Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 20 from the NLT. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and then he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into into his fields to feed pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am starving, dying of hunger. Go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Again, that's Luke 15, verses 11 through 20 from the NLT. The father in tonight's foundational text is a clear illustration of a type of love and compassion God has for us as his children. The father in tonight's text represents is a clear illustration of the type of love and compassion God has for us as his children. That same type of love and compassion he expects us to have for our children as parents. That same type of love and compassion we should have for those we have been called to lead, called to parent in the body of Christ. For those of us that are leaders, pastors, what have you, we should have that same type of love and compassion for those that we are called to lead called the parent in the body of Christ. Simply put, you can't rebuke them for everything. Simply put, you can't rebuke them for everything, which is the title of tonight's message. Rebuke, an expression of sharp disapproval or criticism. That's what Google said rebuke means in general. So I decided to ask Google definition of rebuke means. Google's response 
If you receive a rebuke, it means that you have been reprimanded or scalded. It means that you have been reprimanded or scalded. The word rebuke can also be used as a verb, meaning to sternly reprimand or scald. And Google went on to say, the effects of scalding, the effects of scalding, the effects scalding has on a child. The effects that scalding has on a child are, number one, it causes anxiety. It causes them to have low self-esteem. And number three, it causes increased aggression. And as sad as it is, and as sad as it is, the same thing is happening or has happened with a lot of spiritual children. I'm going to get to the biological children, but first I want to address the spiritual children. As sad as it is, the same thing is happening or has happened with a lot of spiritual children sitting under leadership that has forgotten to not always rebuke. It has happened with spiritual children because they're sitting up under leadership that has forgotten to not always rebuke. Everything is not a rebuke. Sir, ma'am, your spiritual children are full of anxiety. I'll say it again. Sir, ma'am, whoever you are, your spiritual children are full of anxiety. Fearful of saying or doing the wrong thing They're fearful Fearful of saying or doing the wrong thing They will cause more rebuke They have become like puppets I said it They have become like puppets Under your leadership And they now have an unhealthy picture of God And they now have an unhealthy picture of God Because of the harsh manner In which you have dealt with them because of the harsh manner that you have dealt with them, they now have an unhealthy picture of God. Now for the biological children. And somebody, your own biological children, are under your roof. And the same way you treat them has them feeling they right. And the same way that you've been treating them for years. It has really caught up with them and had an effect on them. And now they feel like they can't do anything right, like they can never, ever do anything right. They feel like a failure. Their spirits have been completely crushed. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you will crush, or you will crush their spirits. That's Colossians. 3, verse 21 from the Message Bible. From the CEV, it says, Parents, don't be hard on your children. If you are, they might give up. If you are, they might just give up. And there are a lot of people today, hear me, and there are a lot of people today who want nothing to do with God. And there are a lot of people today who want nothing to do with God because of how they were scalded. They want nothing to do with God because of how, how they were scalded, treated by someone that they thought were this. One thing I've learned, that learned God has to pick your spiritual parents. You can't pick them because it just might be the person that you thought were your, were your spiritual parents really is not. And somebody right now, 
you don't want anything to do with God because of how they scolded you, treated you. And they were the ones that you thought were your spiritual parents. Somebody you've given up, they've given up. They don't even want to turn on turn on somebody's virtual church. That's how much they don't want to have anything to do with God. They won't even turn on virtual church service. They want nothing to do with anything that even resembles God or the church, and that's sad. Sir, ma'am, if you're feeling convicted, it's not me. Let me go on and tell you it's not me. But it is the Holy Spirit. But it is the Holy Spirit. You need to repent of your actions. You need to repent of your actions and seek to do better by those you encounter in the future. You need to repent of your actions and seek to do better by those you encounter in the future. Keep in mind, this message is for both. It's for both pastors, leaders, those shepherding, parenting those in the body of Christ, and also for those raising your biological children in the home. Don't get me wrong, but don't get me wrong. Sometimes a rebuke is necessary. Sometimes a rebuke is necessary. Y'all remember that time when Jesus rebuked rebuked that spirit operating in Peter. Do you remember that time when Jesus rebuked that spirit operating in Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. Remember that? That was Mark 8 and 33. That was necessary. So that's not what I'm saying. That hear, hear me, that is not what I'm saying. But it's not necessary all the time. That's what I'm saying. But it's not necessary all the time. Jesus didn't rebuke all the time. Think about it. Peter, when Peter publicly denied him, three times Peter publicly denied him, and Jesus didn't rebuke him. When he had the opportunity to, he didn't rebuke him for publicly denying him, disowning him repeatedly in Matthew 26. Read it for yourself. But why? Why didn't Jesus rebuke him then like he had done in Mark 8? You see, there's a difference. Let me explain this to you. There's a difference. In Mark 8, there was a demon spirit trying to operate through the mouth of Peter. So when he told him to get behind me, Satan, what he was really doing was shutting that spirit down, if that was necessary. But in Matthew 26, when Peter denied Jesus, he was doing so out of fear. He was doing so out of fear, fear of what possibly could happen to him. He already saw what they were doing to Jesus. Now he was in fear of what they could do to him. So he kept denying him out of fear, fear of what they possibly could do to him, if he acknowledged he had a connection to Jesus. Read it for yourself. Like I said about the other text, read this for yourself as well. In other words, Peter was scared. Just downright scared. And God says, there has been a lot of scared, came to Jesus, but got mishandled. Lord help us. There have been a lot of scared, hurting people who came to Jesus, but got mishandled. So now they don't know what to do. I hear this in my spirit. I hear this in my spirit. Tell them to balance their rebukes. 
Tell them to balance their rebukes. God says, tell them to balance their rebukes. In other words, balance your temperament when dealing with people in general. Balance your temperament when dealing with people in general. Parents, spiritual parents, pastors, balance leaders, balance your rebukes. Meaning don't go overboard rebuking, don't go rebuking crazy, don't go overboard rebuking. But yet, don't be passive about certain things either. But yet, that don't mean for you to be passive about certain things either that need to be addressed more firmly. It means calm with balance. The Bible says the sons of Issachar knew the seasons. They knew, they understood what time it was. And that's what God wants you to understand. He wants you to understand what time it is when it comes to rebuking. He wants you to know when to rebuke and when not to rebuke. When it's time to rebuke and when it's not time to rebuke. But you, as the title of this message says, you cannot rebuke them for everything. You cannot rebuke them all the time for everything. Everything is not a rebuke. The Bible says, again, the Bible says the sons of Issachar knew the seasons. They knew they understood what time it was. First Chronicles 12 and 32. Don't be one-dimensional. Know when a rebuke is needed and when it's not. As I said, know when a rebuke is needed and when it's not. Some things just require you show love and kindness. Some things just require that you show love and kindness, that you show love and compassion, the love and compassion of Jesus. Why else do you think the Bible says things like, with love and kindness have I drawn thee? With love and kindness have I drawn thee? Jeremiah 31 and 3, King James Version. Love draws. Kindness draws. So does compassion, which is just a variation of love. It has the potential to draw people to Jesus. It has the potential to draw people to Jesus. And that's our ultimate goal, no matter if it's our spiritual children, biological children, or somebody else we encounter. That is our ultimate goal, to draw them to Jesus so that they can see Jesus in us and be drawn, not to us, but to him. But in order to do that, then we, in order to do that, we got to come correct. I know I'm coming strong tonight for leaders, for pastors, for spiritual parents. But we got to get this thing right. We have to. We have to get it right. We could learn a lot from the prodigal son's father. We really could. We really could. After examining tonight's foundational text, we could learn a lot. I see that we could learn a lot from the prodigal, the prodigal son's father. He didn't rebuke his son. He didn't rebuke his son for going out into the world. He didn't rebuke his son for going out into the world, partying and drinking, because the the text says he spent all his money on wild living. So his father didn't rebuke him for going out in the world, partying and and drinking, etc., only to come back to him broke and smelling like a pig pen, smelling like the cares of this world. He was just so glad, so glad to have his son back. None of that mattered. Perhaps, have you ever thought about this? Perhaps the father in tonight's foundational text could remember a time when he himself went out there and messed up. As parents, if you're honest, you had a time when you went out there and did whatever you did, you messed up. And perhaps the father in tonight's foundational text, the prodigal son's father, 
perhaps he remembered a time when he himself went out, went out and messed up. And so he chose to greet his son with open arms to show him love and compassion. So he chose to greet his son with open arms to show him love and compassion. The world had already broke his child. The world, the world had already broke his child. This young man was broken in more ways than one. The prodigal son learned a few hard lessons being out in the world on his own. Now, we don't know how long he was out there, but however long he was out there, he learned a few hard lessons being out in the world on his own. Verse 16, the young man became so hungry. The text says the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. But no one gave him anything. That's Luke 15 and 16. From the New Living Translation, it's Luke 15, verse 16, from the New Living Translation, the NLT. So mainly he learned people don't care. So mainly he learned people don't care. He learned nobody's going to just give you anything. He learned that nobody's just just going to give you anything. Even those that see you struggling, somebody can testify to that. Even those that see you struggling, they're not just going to just give you anything. So he came back to his father, hungry, broke, and broken. So he came back to his father, hungry. The thing he needed was his father adding to his pain, to his hurt, to his shame, and or humiliation. Parents, pastors, leaders, spiritual parents, remember first and foremost. I need you to remember first and foremost that God is love. Above all, God is our Father and God is love. The scripture says, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. First John 4 and 8, NIV. Yes, he, ch- he chastises those he loves. For those of you that know your Bible, yes, he chastises those he loves. Hebrews 12 and 6. That's Hebrews 12 and 6 from the ESV. But... Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 from the New Living Translation says something else that we must take into consideration. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 from the New Living Translation says that NLT says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Therefore, pray first so that you can discern properly. Is a rebuke really needed in that situation with that person, with that child? And it's just a time for it. And it's just a time for it. Because, again, the scripture says there is there is a season, a time for every act under heaven. All is love and a little compassion, all that's needed. All is love and a little compassion, all that's needed. Rebuking is necessary at times. Hear me, rebuking is necessary at times. But know when and how far to go. But you need to know when and how far to go and still remain in love. You need to know how far to go and still remain in love. Calm balance, meaning approach the situation, the details of the situation with balance. Calm balance, meaning approach the situation, the details of the situation with balance. Let's pray.
Father God, look upon every parent, every pastor, leader, every spiritual mother and father, and help us, help us to get it right. Jesus is soon to come, and you desire church, a body that is whole and not split apart or torn down because of our actions done to those you have entrusted in our care. We repent for not discerning before reacting in a situation. We repent for not discerning before reacting in a situation. Be it with a biological child, biological children, or spiritual children, we as leaders, as parents, repent. We repent for missing the mark, for being so off-balanced, for rebuking when we should have been more loving and compassionate, for being passive and not seeing when a rebuke was actually necessary because both is needed, but you got to know when and how. So tonight, Father, we ask you for your wisdom to lead your people correctly. We ask you for your wisdom to lead your children correctly because even though you gave us gave them to us either biologically or spiritually they are still your children first so we ask for, ask for your wisdom and how to deal with your children we ask you for your wisdom god and we ask you to heal every heart damaged by our mishandling we ask you to heal every heart that has been damaged by our mishandling draw them to you father via holy spirit Let them see you through tonight's foundational text. Let them see you through tonight's foundational text in the way that the prodigal son's father received him, received him back to himself with no questions. He received his son back back home to himself with no questions asked, no criticism or judgment, only love, only compassion. We repent for not loving at all times. No matter what the situation, we repent for not loving at all times, even when it was time to rebuke. We repent for not being balanced, focused, in tune with the Holy Spirit. We repent for not being balanced, focused, and in tune with the Holy Spirit. Help us, Father, to seek you, serve you, and repent. Seek you, serve you, and repent. And also, Father, we we ask that you help us to represent you better in any and every role we actively play in someone's life. Help us to be firm and effective when rebuking but loving and compassionate at the same time and to know which is required at that particular time. Heal and deliver us, your people, Father, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So be it. This concludes tonight's message. If you need prayer, a Bible-based consultation, I pray that the word bless somebody tonight. I feel it. I feel that it did. But if you need prayer, a Bible-based consultation, you can always call or text 865-408-8690. That's 865-408-8690. Or you can email prolificfire at gmail.com. That's prolificfire at gmail.com. However, if you're on the phone lines right now via Block Talk Radio and you have a specific prayer request that's unrelated to what the Lord just brought his word about, what he just prophesied about, what we prayed and released and repented over, then 
Now it's your time. Press 1 on your phone. Here are the phone rules. I want you to press 1 on your phone. Press 1 on your phone now. I will call out your area code. Nothing more than your area code just to let you know that you're about to be on the phone. But wait, 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 wait until you hear me say hello and probably greet you before you start talking. That way not only will God hear your prayer request, but I will hear it as well and proceed accordingly. Now the announcement. If you need this ministry's PayPal info or cash app info because you feel led to sow into this word, sow into this ministry in general, the cash app can be accessed by going to the dollar symbol and prolific fire the ministry's name. The dollar symbol and prolific fire. The P and prolific is capital. F and fire is capital. Prolific fire. Also, you can access to PayPal by going to paypal.me slash prolific fire. Paypal.me slash prolific fire. And PayPal can be used all over the world. That's what I love about it, all over the world. Join us for Faith on the Line. If you don't get your prayer in on tonight for whatever reason and you don't desire to reach out to me in private, your next opportunity will be right, right here on Faith on the Line with Providence Pay. It's a time of prayer and encouragement. So I encourage you to be with us on Friday night, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific, Friday night, Faith on the Line with Providence Pay. Your prayer requests will be taken then too, so call in and give us your prayer request. Then join me back here on Prolific Fire, same night, time, and place, which is Monday night, 10 Eastern, 9 Central, 7 Pacific, by calling the same number that many of you call tonight, 347-426-3782. Or go to blogtalkradio.com slash Prolific Fire. The message next Monday I don't have the title yet, but I know that the Lord is, has given me a message about abuse. So if you're someone who ha- has been through abuse or you currently are in an abusive situation, you need to tune back in next week and listen to this message. I promise that it will encourage you, that it will strengthen you, and that it will be a blessing unto your life. I don't know everything that the Lord is going to say right now, but I know it's going to empower you. Because one thing I'm sure of, abuse is not of God. I don't have a title yet, but it's coming. It's going to be a message about abuse. So if you've been through that or you know somebody that's been through that or currently going through that, let them know about the ministry. The more the merrier. Help spread the word about prolific fire. Help spread the word about faith on the line. Help us be a blessing to God's people. To God be the glory. I am coming to the phone lines. Amen, amen, amen. 